0: Where are we? Here we are. The Carolina Outdoors is in effect here wherever you may be listening, whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT radio early on a Saturday morning as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard, or maybe you're subscribing to us via podcast. Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors is where you can find us wherever you you listen to podcasts. If you do, if you like it, please rate and review us. It helps other people find us and helps make us famous. Who is the us? Well, it's that guy over there. Wes Lawson and that guy you just heard, Bill
1: Barty. We're in Studio D, 1 Julian Price Plaza, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're all over the place, but we wanted to talk to you about some very popular outdoor activities sports if you will bill this is going to be a challenge for me i think because <laughs> i'm not good at these kind of lists but i bet let's, you're good at some of them
0: hey the, the, as you just said it by the number of participants the top sports now this is uh through um 2019 according according to uh, travelness.com what would you guess is the number one popular outdoor activity by participants in the United States? Uh, not to split
1: hairs, you said sports and activities, so we're not talking about team sports. We're talking about like you get out, and you're doing this thing outside.
0: That's exactly right. All right, so
1: number one, uh, fishing it, it, and it's it, fishing. It,
0: clue is it's the a lot of the things we talk about on this program, and what a great guess because, um, fishing has been number one for several years. I think 07, 08, even 09, fishing by a number of participants was the number one activity. But it is not this list. It dropped to number two. Number one was listed as running. Oh, gross. <laughs> 61 million participants um, participate in the sport of running, followed by 50.1 million in the sport of fishing. That's 60 million people who, who are being chased. <laughs>
1: Just about. Only run when chased. All right, so th- so that's number one. Fishing is two. So number
0: three, I it, bet. And you know what? Uh, on those first two, I must say, our listenership, at least people listening to us... Being They're a running to the river reel, to go fishing. They Well, many of them are. They're getting up early on a Saturday morning to get that run out of the way, whether it be one mile, whether it be... 10 miles, um, uh, they're getting it out of the way so they can continue on with their weekend. Mm -hmm. Fishermen and, and anglers as well, whether they're local fishing, maybe Wiley, Norman, getting their boat, backing it in, or maybe they are destination. They're heading to the coast or heading to the mountains so they have a little bit of drive time. Our listenership during outdoor drive time increases by those first two sports, maybe not as much in the third most participated in sport.
1: So if number one is running and number two is fishing, number three, in my mind, has to be hiking.
0: And you would have nailed it. Yeah, so I'd rather go hiking than go for Six. a run. And you know what? Hiking is just behind fishing. 49.6 million participants. Again, this is the area greenways or uh, uh, the big, big hikes that you may do. Um, to a blue line brook trout yes. stream. Hey. In relationship to running and fishing, early morning activity for many, um, many times we talk to bicyclists. Mm, Forty-eight point eight million—that is the number four sport. Again, this is TravelNest.com. They've got it all ranked out. But um, uh, so now we're off the podium. Who are the rest of them? Since we're we're out of the gold, silver, and bronze. That's right. So followed by bicycling. Number five is camping. With yeah. 41.7 million participants. Wow. Number six, it is a sport, wildlife viewing, 20 million participants participate in. Uh, hunting is number seven at 15 million. Skiing, number eight at 14.8 million. Wow. Bird watching, at number nine, 12.8 million. And number 10 of the top popular outdoor activities in the US of A by participants is eleven point three million participants in the sport of kayaking.
1: Wow, so I guess the bird watching uh, club the 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 guild yeah, the Audubon. Has, yeah. has lobbied to be separate from other wildlife viewing um those, that's, those are interesting numbers. But, you know, one of the things about all that, Bill, is um, not to be too blunt about it. That's all outdoor activity. Mm-hmm. As we move into the fall, at least in our part of the world, this is peak hurricane season. Not to be too soon on that. And before, during, and after major weather events, it's always important to be careful. Oh, yes. Be mindful of how, how the topography has changed. There can be trees down, power lines down, creeks and rivers can be up. Tail races could be up. They're trying to keep those things down. But uh, weather affects wildlife tremendously and their behavior. So they're going to be kind of in distress and stressed and moving differently. But then nature behaves differently. So as you go out there, be mindful of that. And if you do these activities in the morning, have some sort of reflective vest on if you're running or cycling lights are always your favorite, your friend, do those things so that you can continue those activities safely.
0: Yeah. Making good decisions is a a very important thing. Of course, mentioning hurricanes and water levels. We're going to talk to Jake Rash um, a little bit later on, Inland Fisheries uh, Research Coordinator. He's going to come on, but water levels are going to be up. Rainfall is happening and, and whether you're, on a hike you need to make a good decision when it comes to crossing that stream there's several Mm. different trails throughout western north carolina throughout north carolina and south carolina um, in general but when you that trail comes to certain river or creek crossings you need to make some wise decisions on how to handle that um, namely cross in as safe a place as you can. Um, and if you do, you should be prepared to lose your backpack, like loosen up your shoulder straps and your waist straps yep. before you cross, um, and go into that river, use your trekking poles to help judge, engage the depth of that water. And if it's really high up uh, and you don't feel that you can safely cross it in any manner, in your day hiking or whatever, choose a different route.
1: Yeah, if if you
0: if you have those trekking
1: poles or a sturdy stick, we want you to have as many points of contact as you can in that moving water. Also, bear in mind it's not just the flow of the water; it's the surface of the rocks. They can be slippery, so be careful out there. You know, Bill, you talked about uh, making safe decisions. We're making an interestingly enough unsafe, s- un- unsafe but safe decision. Oh, yeah, safe <laughs> on Wednesday, October fifth. You can help send us over the edge, the NASCAR Hall of Fame Plaza, as we help raise money for the NASCAR Hall of Fame Foundation. But, Bill, you and I have to go 10 stories up the embassy suites, put on a harness and a helmet, and go 100 feet down. And I just hope there's somebody in one of those hotel rooms who gets to see our stupid faces grinning and screaming going down that building
0: well and there will be a little bit about that and i shouldn't have said unsafe it's a very safe thing but wes i think you said it on a prior carolina outdoors that a sense of adventure that sense of fear is what makes an adventure yeah and of course here on the carolina outdoors that's what we're kind of promoting that stretching ourselves into a sport uh, that we may be afraid of And that's where the over the edge comes for, at least for me, repelling for many of our listeners, no big deal. But that's not my favorite thing to do. I can go up a lot Mm. easier than I can come down. And um, so that's speaking a little bit to my sense of adventure. Why am I doing it? Um, Because I think, are you scared? Not necessarily, no, not really, no. I think I'm doing it because it is to raise funds for education in our, is it STEM, the STEM schools in our community through that foundation. So there will be a little squealing and and maybe a little whining and a little nervous grin on my face.
1: Well, yeah, and that's to be expected. I think there are a lot of people who who are much more on edge about this than you are, Bill. And we know our time, we're going over the edge With your support at 1 o'clock on October 5th, when we're not going over the edge, we'll be in the plaza giving fly casting demonstrations and lessons, getting people booked on guided trips with Dave, the Bergmangler Bergman, talking about the outdoors, and maybe even jumping on uh, the microphone as two MCs and one DJ. Ooh, I like this. So it's going to be a whole
0: lot of fun there, Bill. It's October 5th. Yep, which is a Wednesday. And our climbing time is 1, but we'll be there before and after that day doing what you just said yeah we'll be there from i think 11 to 5. if you want to hear more about it we did interview winston kelly of the nascar hall of fame he is also participating in this over the edge event Um, you can go to highlights of the carolina outdoors to hear that just type in winston kelly and uphill pop as will all the other segments that we have done over the course of the past few years as the Carolina Outdoors has been three decades plus in its uh, lifespan.
1: That's a lot of fun. So, if you want to participate in the support of this great endeavor, you can go to uh, that jessebrowns.com or our social media, jessebrownsclt. We've got a couple of videos up and you can click the link to donate. It is a tax deductible donation, which is always a nice thing. But let's just do some good by our kids if we could. Hey, Bill, so since we'll be there fly casting, we got Jake Rash coming on talking about fishing. And because the season is coming up, a lot of people's gear has been maybe sitting a little while. Um, (laughs) And so that line may need to be tended to what can they do and what do we do to help with that.
0: That's right. Well, so we have a full line of services for your fly fishing gear. You can come by Jesse Brown's Outdoors we are located in the heart of Charlotte's shopping district, the brick and mortar that is, in the Sharon Corners Shopping Center. Hike up our staircase, that is known as Mount Jesse Browns. Once you get to the summit, you can come right in there. We have, again, this real services, which is available. Believe it or not, as the years go by, as you appropriately or inappropriately uh, store your fly fishing equipment, many times they need attention. This is especially you saltwater anglers because saltwater is uh, definitely tough on equipment. So what we do is we have a water agitator, we have a soak bin, um, and we get all of those salts, whether it be salt or fresh water, but getting the sediment and silt and all of that out of that reel. Uh, We have conditioning for the line. We have line and knot checking to make sure that they're still going to float, still going to perform to whatever needs that you have wherever you may be going fishing. And a pat on the back and out the door you go.
1: You know, and some of those reels, Bill, you mentioned saltwater. Some of our saltwater, even some of our freshwater reels might still use a cork drag system. We have what you need to get those things reconditioned, reprofiled so they work properly. It can be a little more labor-intensive, so let us do the labor while you get to go have fun fishing. The other thing, too, is just checking the the um, annealing ability of the line, its ability to stretch, getting any kind of kinks and memory out, and checking for any kind of cuts. We want your floating line to float. And if none of that works, we've got a great selection of fly line, new fly line, to put on there, which we'll happily do for you with our machine. So it's a great time to double-check before you get out there. Check your gear before you go so you're not left stranded on the tailgate <laughs> cursing yourself and saying mean things about nice people because you don't have any tippet or leader or your knots are terrible or your reel has seized up. We are judgment-free about that. We want to help you make memories Fishing, not memories sitting and wishing.
0: You're leaving out one of the most underrated equipment fails that is coming in that we are slowly perfecting ourselves in. The stuck-together rods. Oh,
1: goodness. Yep. That's a thing.
0: For, for listeners out there, these fly rods that we sell at Jesse Brown's Outdoors are multiple piece. They are four-piece rods that are notched together so that you can travel with it. It's not in the way. When you get to wherever your destination is, you put these four pieces together and voila, you are fishing. But for whatever reason, Wes, if a piece of sediment just as loose and small as it may be gets in there and the... Rod becomes wedged too tightly together. is stored that way, um, and f- any kind of uh, normal mortal person cannot get these segments apart. Yeah, we at Jesse Brown's shout out to Don Yeager who taught us how huh. to do this. Um, uh, can get them apart. So far, we've um, we're almost batting a thousand.
1: Almost a thousand, yeah. It's it's crazy how if that rod gets put together with too much pressure, it <laughs> yes. becomes a one piece, and that's a challenge for you. So yeah, Bill, especially you're
0: filling in for Don on that. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, well, well. Anyway, we have a few secrets up our sleeves that we're willing to not share, but uh, use to solve that stuck together rod problem that many people have. Oh, that could get, that could have gone any. A whole bunch of different directions. A whole bunch of different directions. Especially with some of the ads that, talking about rods here and there on on WBT And radios. we have derailed. Okay. So. Hey, he's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Bartig. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. Stay tuned for more after this.